Good morning, Lakeview Church. Come on now. Let's try that one more time. That was just a warm-up. Good morning, Lakeview Church. Oh, so much better. So much better. Hey, I uh, am looking forward to sharing the message with you this morning, but before I do that, could I take just a couple of minutes to encourage you? Would that be okay? I mean, I hope the message is encouraging as well, but, but before we get to the message, I just want to encourage you a little bit. Uh, sometimes we look at the year that we've had, the year that is 2020. Uh, we actually bought some ornaments for some friends of ours that say, I survived 2020, right? Because that's the kind of year 2020 has been, right? It's been all, just all kinds of crazy. We've had to adapt to all kinds of new challenges. We have, uh, as it relates just purely to church, we've had so many things to adapt to. I mean, you dear people have had to adapt to me. Man, what did you do wrong? <laughs> but here we are, right? And then in the midst of all of that, we had all of this COVID stuff. You had to learn how to go to church on your smartphone, right? And we had to learn how to connect on Zoom and all of those crazy things that we've had to do. And we've had to learn how to rope off pews and adjust to that and we were talking out here in the lobby just a couple of minutes ago that we used to tell people, could you scoot to the middle? Now we're like, could you spread out as far as possible, right? We've had to adapt to all these kind of crazy things, and, and we've got people wearing masks, and we've used gallons of hand sanitizer to keep us clean, and man, so many things to adapt to. So I wanted to just take a couple minutes real quick just to encourage you this morning. Uh, I have watched you over these months since I've been here, and we had to learn how to regather in person, and we had all kinds of new things. And, and I know when we talk about masks or physical distancing or any of the responses to COVID, that there are opinions about those issues, right? And there are opinions all across the map right in this room this morning. And that's okay, right? We, we can all have our opinions, but what I'm proud of you for is the way that you have graciously adapted to one another. Because some of you are sitting in rows with people who have the complete opposite view from you on some of these issues, and yet you have not led with your position. Instead, you have maintained the disposition of Christ. And even when you encounter people who disagree with you, you have, with wonderful grace and love, adapted to the people around you and maintained Christian community together. That is not a small thing. That is exactly what we are called as Christ followers to do. That even when we disagree with people around us, that we never let our position interrupt or diminish our disposition towards those people to reflect to them the love and character of Jesus Christ. And I've watched you do that. Now I can tell you that our experience here is not the experience of every church in the world. Some churches right now are literally being ripped apart because they've decided to lead with their position instead of their disposition. So I just want to encourage you, you guys have done a wonderful, wonderful job. And I wish I could tell you that we're, you know, when 2020 ends at midnight on December 31st, that we're going to put it all behind us. But the reality is, is that 
we're probably going to be wearing masks and socially distanced for a little while longer. So I just want to encourage you, just keep up the good work. You're doing great. Just keep up the good work. And just remember, they will know that we are Christians, not by the positions we hold, but by the love we have for one another. You guys have done a wonderful job. I just want you to keep that up. Second thing I want you to know that I'm so grateful for is that you're here and you're engaged. Whether you're here in this room or whether you're joining us online today, you're here. You are engaged. You're leaning in. It's been a wonderful thing for us to see. I know because I talk to other pastors, some churches have have just had about 20% of their congregations back since they started meeting in person. But we as a church have been averaging between 60 to 75% of our pre-COVID attendance here in person every week. That's a good thing. You're here and you're engaged. And our strong online attendance week in and week out, when you put all of that together, we've actually maintained our attendance numbers from where we were pre-COVID. That's a good thing. We are here and we are engaged as a congregation. Not only that, you might not be aware of this, but almost every week we have had new people who have been coming to our church, checking us out, some of whom have decided to stay and be a part of the congregation. And if you're one of those people, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Listen, we've got lots of things to be excited about. It's been a challenging year, but God's at work. In September, we had 11 focus groups, and 160 of you showed up for those groups. And some of us on staff, we actually went and met with some of our shut-ins and asked them the same questions that we asked to those in the focus groups. And so we collected all kinds of information from you, and our vision team is using that right now. And the vision for our future is starting to take shape. You're going to be hearing about that early in 2021. And even though our finances are just a little bit under our budget, about $20,000, our finances are really, really strong. I know churches today who may not be in existence in three months because the financial challenges for them have been so significant. And we have financial challenges to be sure. We do not have piles of cash just sitting around, just so you know. But God's been good to us. And we need to be encouraged and we need to celebrate that today. So I really want you to just smile. I know some of you are wearing masks and you can smile or not because I won't know. But for those of you who aren't wearing masks, just smile. God is good and he's at work and we should be encouraged. Now, one more thing and then we're going to get to the message, I promise. This is the, this is the message before the message. Okay? You've been responding to the needs of people around you. Some of you have been doing this personally. You've been looking out for your neighbors. You've been looking out for friends and coworkers. You've been serving and helping, and I want to thank you for that. Sometimes we think those kinds of things maybe aren't that big of a deal. They don't make that much difference, but I just want to remind you, your labor in the Lord, it's never in vain. So when you even do the smallest act of kindness in the name of Christ, when you serve your neighbor, when you help out a friend, you are doing something for the kingdom of God. And I want to just say thank you for that. We've been doing that as individuals, but we've been doing that corporately. Every single month, we feed about 18 families through our Feed the Street program. And and that's really because of the generous donations of people who invest in that ministry and make that happen. It's a wonderful thing to see. In addition to that, uh, we've been able to use our benevolence account, again, because of your faithful giving. Our benevolence account has been able to meet needs in our church body for people who are going through really hard times and for people who are out in the community who just need a hand during these days. God has been using you to provide for those needs, and it's been wonderful to see those needs being met. In addition, we decided just a few weeks ago to partner with two of our sister churches right here in Marion. 
So Brookhaven Wesleyan Church, led by Pastor Tony Bai, and the River Community Church, led by Matthew Trexler, we got together in response to needs that we saw at our local hospital. We knew that our nurses and the staff there were facing a lot of pressure these days, and so we put our heads together and we said, what could we do? So we actually got together. We all, all of the three churches invested equal amounts of money. We bought some baskets, and we bought a bunch of stuff to go in the baskets, These baskets, the ones that you see on the screen, there's a little card there with all three churches represented, all three pastors signed it. We put baskets like this at every single nurse's station in the hospital each week. We started that three weeks ago, and that will continue every single week all the way through the end of this year. And we're looking about plans to how can we continue that if if we need to in January and February. But these baskets get filled with energy drinks and snacks and treats and uh, some sweets. I'm told that sometimes when you're under stress, it's good to just have a little piece of candy every once in a while. And so we put that kind of stuff in there. We put lots of caffeine in there because it's good to have some caffeine too. And then we put those baskets at the nurse's station. Nurses come, they grab that stuff to keep fueling their bodies and have a little, a little bit of energy for, for their uh, work that's in front of them. And those baskets get emptied throughout the week, as you can imagine. We go pick them up, we bring them back, we fill them up again, and we go and take them back to the nurse's station. That's happening every single week because of your faithful giving. In addition, Lowe's contacted us and said, hey, we've got about 150 poinsettias. We'd like to donate those. And so we actually went, we picked up those poinsettias, the three pastors, and we went down to the hospital and we put those in the cafeteria and we actually invited the nurses and the staff of the hospital to come down and get a poinsettia that they could take home just as a way to remind them that we're thinking about them and praying for them. I just want you to know, even though 2020 has been a challenging year, there's still ministry happening. God's doing work in your lives. God's doing work through our church. God's doing work across our community. And I just want you today to just be encouraged. Just lift up your heads. It's a difficult time. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, but God's still on the throne and we're still his people and we're gonna keep doing work for his name. Amen? I am so proud to be a part of this body of believers. You love each other well. You're here and you're leaning in. And we together are open to the needs in our community and we're committed to meeting them. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I pray for us before we get into the message? God, this is a challenging time that we live in, but we are reminded today that you are God. And nothing's going to change that. And you are still over all things, and we are your people. And you are still at work in us and through us, and we give you praise for that today. It's because of you that we are unified as a congregation. It's because of you that we are here and we are leaning into the future that you have for us as a church. It is because of you that our eyes are wide open to the needs around us, And it is because of you, God, that everything that we have belongs to you. And you can use it however, whenever, wherever you choose so that your needs in this community can be met through us, your people. God, we love you. You are a good God. We praise you today. 
And we thank you for the ways that you are at work in and through us. And now, God, as we turn our attention to the scriptures, I pray only that you would open our hearts and our minds that we might clearly hear your voice today. Speak to us, for we, your servants, are listening. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, amen, amen. Have you ever found your... Uh, self in a place where you needed direction. Have you ever found? I know, I just saw wives just like nudging their husbands, right? Like, have you ever found yourself in a moment or a place where you need direction? Right? If you travel a lot, you find yourself often, actually quite frequently, in situations and places where you don't actually know the lay of the land. It's unfamiliar, the the surroundings and territory. It's not something you know well, and you find yourself needing direction. You're not always lost, spoken like a true man, right? You're not always lost. You just don't know where you're at. You just got to get your bearings a little bit, and then you can figure out where you're supposed to go, right? Well, uh, a few years ago, my oldest son and I, Sean, uh, we, we actually were on a trip. And we were in a place that we had never been before, neither one of us. And uh, we actually were on a trip as part of our quest. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? It's a quest. I like to call it that. And our quest is this. We want to visit and watch a game in every National Hockey League arena in the National Hockey League. So there's 31 of them right now. When Seattle comes online, there'll be 32. And we're trying to tick those off. COVID is not helping us because you can't go watch games right now, but uh, we're, we're moving through the list. Well, one of the very first games that we went to was in Montreal, Quebec. And so we went, we drove all the way up to Montreal and we got to our hotel, the Marriott, right there in downtown Montreal. And we checked in and we got there in time because you always, when you're going to a hockey game, you have to plan enough time to get checked into your hotel, and then you got to eat, right? I mean, hockey's fun, but you got to eat at a good place before you go see a hockey game, and it just makes the whole experience wonderful. So we had done our investigation on TripAdvisor, and we had picked the perfect pregame place, right? We were going to the burger bar. I mean, that just sounds like a place you should go before you go to a hockey game. And so we had an address for the burger bar. We were in our hotel. We weren't lost. We knew right where we were. And we knew our destination. We had an address. We had a name. We knew that it was only a few blocks away. But here's the reality. We didn't know the lay of the land. And if you don't know anything about Montreal, they speak a different language there. All the street signs are not in our language. They're in a different language. And so we were trying to figure out the bearings and how to get from where we were to where we wanted to be. And as we're standing in the hotel lobby trying to figure this out, some of you are like, don't you have an iPhone? Couldn't you just ask Siri? Right? And the answer is no, because I did not have an international data plan. I was too cheap to buy that. And so here I was in a foreign land. I couldn't ask my dear trusted friend, Siri, and I had to actually figure out what we were going to do. Standing in the hotel lobby, the first question in my mind wasn't the question you think, which direction should we go? The first question in my mind was, who can 
help us. In hotels, there's these wonderful, fantastic people called the concierge. These are wonderful people. And if you travel a lot, you got to get to know these people because they know everything there is to know about the hotel and about the city. And they can help your experience be much, much better. And you can just go to this desk. They actually give them their own special desk in the hotel. And you can go to the desk, and they will tell you what you need to know. And so standing in the hotel lobby, we knew where we were. We knew our destination. We just didn't know how to get there. We needed some direction. We went to the concierge, and we asked. We got directions. Off we went. A few minutes later, we're sitting at our table enjoying burgers and milkshakes. You say, why in the world are you telling us this story? Well, the reason I tell you the story is because I really want to just remember this milkshake that I had. It was so good. I don't know that I've ever had a milkshake this good. It, it was so rich and thick and creamy. And then they had this little skewer of marshmallows that had been lightly charred on the grill back in the kitchen. It was fantastic and wonderful. And I just for a moment wanted to remember that milkshake. But the real reason I tell you that story is because when you find yourself in a situation where you need direction, the first question is not which way should I go. It's not which way, it's who. And I want you to remember that as we walk through this message this morning. The first question, when you find yourself feeling lost and you need direction, the first question is not which way, it is who. Last week, Jared did a wonderful, wonderful job talking to us about the people of God who were in captivity in Egypt and they needed to be delivered. And he talked about the fact that there was this mighty cry that went up to a mighty God and God heard the cries of his people and he set them free. Now remember, the people of God were in Egypt because Egypt in their past had been their deliverance. Before Egypt was their captivity, Egypt was their deliverance. Sometimes we forget this in the story, but God had through a, 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 a series of circumstances put Joseph right in Egypt, right where he needed to be at the right time to help Egypt prepare for a famine that stretched across the whole entire region. And God had used Joseph to prepare Egypt for uh, collecting all of the food that would be needed not only to feed Egypt, but to feed all of the surrounding nations as well. And so God put Joseph in just the right place at just the right time for just the right purpose. And so God's people come to Egypt to, to get food during the famine. That's how Joseph's father and his brothers end up there. And Egypt becomes for them deliverance. The people of God settle in Egypt, and while they're there, they multiply, they thrive. Their flocks and their herds grow, and God blesses them in extraordinary ways. And then Joseph dies, and a new Pharaoh comes to power. And the new Pharaoh doesn't know Joseph, doesn't remember the people of God and how good they were to Egypt. And so Pharaoh says, I've got this other nation that's living in my borders. This seems like a good workforce. And so he puts them to work. And over time, this work becomes captivity, and they're enslaved, and they can't get out. They're oppressed by this leader. And they cry out to God, and God sets them free. And you might remember the story, the ten plagues, right? There's these miracles that God does to actually set the people free. It concludes on the very last plague of the ten, where God actually takes the life of the firstborn of everyone in Egypt, and Pharaoh finally says, get out of here. And the people of God leave. 
And as they're leaving, Pharaoh changes his mind yet again and sends the army after them. Remember the story? And they get to the Red Sea, and they're, they're stuck between kind of a wet place and a hard place. Right? It's not a rock and a hard place there. They've got the Red Sea in front of them, and they've got Pharaoh's army behind them. And what does God do? He opens up a way, and they walk through. And then Pharaoh's army follows, and God gets them. Right? The horse and the rider were thrown into the sea, the scripture says. And now God's people find themselves standing on the edge of the wilderness, free from their captivity. They know exactly where they are. And they know where they're going. Way, way back in the beginning of the book of Genesis, God had promised Abraham this land. We know it today as the Holy Land, but God had promised it to Abraham and said, this is going to be the land that your descendants will possess. And so down through the ages, this land had become known as the promised land. And here the people of God are on the edge of the wilderness, free from the captivity of their past with the promised land way out in front of them as their destination. They know where they are. They know where they're going, but they need some direction. They don't know how to get from here to there. And they find themselves in this kind of in-between moment. How do we move from this place where we are to the place where we're supposed to be? We all find ourselves from time to time in these in-between moments, these in-between seasons, right? Where we, we feel like we've been set free from something in the past and we're taking a journey into the future that God has for us, but we're not exactly sure because we don't know the lay of the land. It feels unfamiliar. We're not exactly sure do we go this way or that way. Right? And we find ourselves from time to time just feeling lost in life. Some of you might be feeling that today. You might have a decision that's in front of you, and you're thinking to yourself, which direction do I go? Right? Do I buy this house? Do I date this person? Do I go to this school? Do I take the job? Do I sign the contract? Do I take the promotion? Do I end this relationship that's been causing me problems? We, we find ourselves all throughout our lives with decisions that we make, these kind of situations, these moments where we feel lost and we need some direction. Which way do we go? Should we do this or should we do that? Right? And we come to those moments in our lives and we start to wonder, what do we do in those moments when we have decisions that we need to make? What do we do? Where do we turn? How do we filter out all of the options to find the very right thing that we're supposed to do next? Some of these decisions seem small and minor, and some of them seem really consequential, and we don't want to get them wrong. And we wonder, what do we do in these moments? Sometimes, though, we find ourselves not in situations, but in seasons where we feel lost. It might be a month or a couple months. Some of us, we, we might feel lost for a long time where we're trying to figure out which way do we go. I think the people of God in the story that we're looking at this morning, that's where they found themselves. They'd been in Egypt for so long. It was so familiar. It was captivity and it was slavery and it wasn't fun and it was oppressive and it hurt them and they wanted to get out, but it was familiar. And they get out, they get to the edge of the wilderness, they've got the promised land in front of them and they've got this journey that they've got to take and they feel lost. We know this because pretty soon in the story, they actually say to Moses, their leader, can we go back? 
Just think about that for a minute. They've been set free from years and years and years of captivity and oppression. And here they are saying, can we go back there? I mean, yeah, it was hard. It was difficult. It was oppressive. We didn't like it. We wanted to be set free. But, but the familiarity of captivity is better than the unfamiliarity of freedom. The people of God felt that way. They were lost and they needed some direction. And you and I are just like them. Right? We have things in our lives that hold us captive. For some of us, it's, it's drugs, right? the drug of choice for us, whatever that might be. So some of us find ourselves turning to alcohol to numb the pain. Some of us turn to prescription pills so that we can alleviate the pressure that we're feeling. Others of us use some other kind of controlled substance because we're searching for this elusive peace that we can't seem to get our hands on. Others of us aren't, aren't turning to substances, though. We're turning to uh, the drug of work. Right? We just dig in, we put our head down, we work harder, we work longer because we want the promotion, we want the pay raise, we want the recognition, we want to somehow find the worth and value that we think we deserve and we think that's found in our work. Others of us uh, will turn to the drug of image right? and we'll increase our debt load to increase the way we look in the world. And as long as our friends don't see our balance sheet, they'll think we've arrived They'll think we've made it. We do this all the time across our culture. We buy the new car even though we can't afford it. We upgrade the house even though we can't afford it because we want to look good. It's the drug of image and perception. Others of us are held captive not by those kinds of things, but we're held captive by our own emotions. People sitting in this room, people watching online, some of you are held captive by crippling anxiety. Others of you have the dark clouds of depression that seem to be pushing in on your life. Some of you find yourself afraid all the time. And when you encounter a situation, your mind is wonderful at creating the worst case scenarios. And fear just comes over you. Some of you are held captive by doubt. You have all kinds of questions that creep into your mind and you have this angst that keeps you unsettled in your heart and in your mind. We're held captive by a lot of things. But last week, like we learned, a mighty cry to a mighty God can set us free because God is always listening. He's always listening and when we cry out, he stands ready to set us free. But when he sets us free, we will find ourselves on the edge of the unfamiliar there's this plan that God has for us. It's God's perfect plan for us. It's the best that he has for us. And we want to go there. And we know where we are. We're not in our past. We're set free. But there's a journey in front of us, and it feels unfamiliar. And as we start to take that journey, we feel lost, and we need direction. And sometimes we want to go back. We don't like it. It's not fun back there. But at least it's familiar. Well, when you find yourself feeling lost and you need direction, whether it's a situation or a season, I want to encourage you to lean forward. Don't go back. Don't go back. God's got a plan, a promised land ahead of you in your future, and I want you to go there. So when you find yourself where you don't know the lay of the land, it's unfamiliar, you're not sure which way to go, I want you to lean forward. And the way that you do that is by asking the right question. 
Now, the right first question might seem to us when we're standing in the unfamiliar, which direction should I go? Should I do this or should I do that? How should I navigate this journey that's in front of me? But I don't think that's the right first question. It's not that this is a wrong question, like don't ever ask this question. But it's not the right first question. The right first question for us to ask is not which way should I go, but where do I find God in this moment? I don't want you to go back to your past. I don't want you to go back to captivity. I want you to lean into the future. And the way that you do that when you feel lost and you don't know which way to go is not to ask, which way should I go? Ask, where do I find God in this moment? You see, the right question is not which way, but who? We don't turn to find a set of directions. We turn to find a person. We're looking for God. We're not looking for just, you know, this way and then that way and then that way. And if you see the red barn, you've gone too far. We're not looking for those kind of directions in life. We're actually looking for a person. We're looking for God. Don't ask which way should I go. Ask where do I find God in this moment. This is what happens to the people in the story. Right? They've been set free. They're on the edge of the wilderness. They've got the promised land somewhere out there in front of them. And they've got a journey that they're going to take. And Exodus says to us, the passage that Pastor Jessica read for us just a little bit ago, it actually says these wonderful, wonderful words about how God gives direction. Listen to them. And the Lord went before them. The Lord went before them. Went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And then this last phrase, did not depart from before the people. The people of Israel, standing on the edge of the wilderness with the promised land in front of them, didn't need to know, go down to that bush and hang a left. Head to the rock and hang a right and then just go towards those hills in the distance. That's not what they needed. They actually needed their God. And here's what I love about God. He was with them. He was right in their midst. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Who was that? That was the Lord with them leading them step by step, moment by moment, day by day. We were singing it earlier. Beautiful song, he leadeth me, he leadeth me. Yes, that's exactly who God is. He dwells with his people to give them guidance when they're in seasons of life where they don't know which way to go. We don't turn to God for a set of directions. We turn to God to seek his presence. Jeremiah 29 teaches us this very principle. Jeremiah 29, uh, for those of you who have been around church, you know it because it's in like every Christian graduation card that's ever been created. And if you've not been around the church, you might know it because you might have gotten one of those graduation cards from one of these crazy church people who thought you needed to know this verse. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans for your welfare. They're not plans for evil. He's going to prosper you. He's going to give you a hope. He's going to give you a future. This is what God promises for you. Now, we often stop reading at verse 11, which is a horrible thing to do. You've got to keep reading in the Bible. Whenever you take a verse and you yank it out of Scripture, you always miss part of the truth. 
Because when we read Jeremiah 29, 11, we think God's got the plan. So we ask God, God, which direction should I go? Show me the plans. But we're not looking for a set of directions. If you keep reading in Jeremiah 29, you get to verse 13 pretty quickly. And verse 13 says, but you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. What is Jeremiah 29 communicating to us? God has plans for your life. When you find yourself feeling lost, you're not lost. God knows exactly where he's directing you. He knows exactly where he wants to take you. He's got those plans, and they're good plans. They're the best plans for your life. But you don't get those plans by seeking directions. You get those plans by seeking God. When you seek God with all of your heart, his promise is that you will find him. And when God is with you, you're never lost. Even in a crazy year like 2020, where everything seems topsy-turvy, and, and it seems like nothing is normal, nothing fits, nothing works, everything's more complex, and decisions take longer, and we're never sure what's happening, and We're wondering if there's a new normal. Even in the midst of that, if God is with you, you're not lost. You're not lost. God wants to lead you. So when you find yourself feeling lost like you need direction, just turn to God and seek Him. And seek Him with all your heart, you'll find Him. Now we're going to bring this to a close. And... As we do, I just want to remind you, you might be here today and you might be a person who's got a relationship with God and you're already walking with him, but you feel a little bit lost today. 2020's kind of had that effect on us where we're just trying to get our bearings, the lay of the land, we just don't know, it seems unfamiliar, we, we're kind of tentative in the way that we function right now and maybe you're just feeling lost. I just want you today to lean in. Not to find directions, but to find God. Just lean in. Seek Him. When you seek Him with all your heart, you find Him. And and when you're with God and walking with Him, you're in exactly the right place. So I want to just encourage you, for those of you in the room and those of you watching online, you're already walking with the Lord. You already know him. You're already a follower of Jesus. Just lean in and keep seeking God in these days. Keep seeking God. But I want to talk to another group of people, whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching online, you might find yourself today feeling lost and needing direction and you have no relationship with God to speak of. And today I want to just talk to you for a minute about what it means to actually find and begin a relationship with God because I think this is absolutely critical. It is the most important decision of your life. You see, we were all created for a relationship with God. Every single one of us. That's why we were created. God created us to live in relationship with Him. But here's the thing about human beings. We went our own way. And we call that going our own way. We call that sin. It's a theological term, but it literally just means missing the mark. As if God had a bullseye where he was aiming our life, and we, we actually just turned away from the bullseye and went a different direction, and we missed the mark. That's what sin is. And here's the problem with sin. It actually separates us from God. 
It pulls us away from the relationship that we were intended to have. And, and while that's bad news, the harder truth is that there's nothing that you can do to get back in right relationship with God in your own strength. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good deeds to get all the way back in relationship with God. You're not capable. I'm not capable of that. And so we've got bad news and we've got worse news. We're separated from our reason for being. We were supposed to be in relationship with God, but we're separated from that. How do, how do we get back if we can't get back there on our own? Well, we need God to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And this is the good news. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son to restore the relationship. And the word, Jesus Christ, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Why in the world would God do that? Because he loves us. And we were created for relationship. And while we can't get back there on our own, God said, I'm going to do whatever I can to call you back. That's why Jesus came. And so today, if you're here in this room or you're watching online and you do not have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ, I want you to know you can begin that relationship today. All you have to do is open your life to him. He stands ready, willing, and able to welcome you into his family, to give you that relationship, to be his presence in your life day in and day out, to give you direction and guidance. So here's what I want us to do. I want everybody to just bow your heads. And we're in the last moments of this service, I promise. I don't want anybody looking around because I want to give people an opportunity to respond without any fear of embarrassment. And so today, if you're here and you do not have a relationship with God, but you find yourself feeling lost and you want to begin that relationship today, I'm going to ask you to do something which may seem a little bit bold, but I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass you and no one is looking around. I'm the only one looking in this room right now. And all I want you to do, because I want to pray with you, is I just want you to stand up right where you're at just as a way of acknowledging, you know what, I'm lost and I want to be found. Yeah. Anybody else? Stand up. If you're watching at home, you can just simply lean in right now. Maybe you want to stand right where you're at and just say, yep, I want to start a relationship with God. Those of you who are standing, you can be seated. And while you're seated, I just want you to pray with me this prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud, and I want you to just pray it in your heart and in your mind with me. So I'll pause after each phrase, and I just simply want you from your heart to offer this prayer to God in your own heart and mind. So pray with me. Lord, I know that you want to live in relationship with me. And I know that I need a relationship with you. I also know that there is nothing that I can do to earn the right to be in that relationship. Thankfully, you have made it possible through Jesus Christ for me to have a relationship with you. Today, I'm opening my life to you. 
Today, I'm publicly affirming that I want a relationship with you. Today, I'm surrendering my life to you. Today, I'm deciding to follow Jesus and live my life for him. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for welcoming me into a new relationship with you. And thank you for giving direction to my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, wherever you're at, in the room or online, I want to just congratulate you. It's the most important decision you could ever make in life. So thank you for making that decision today. And I just want to encourage you, if you made that decision, to just take out your phone and text the word FOLLOW to our number, 765-222-5937. Again, just text the word FOLLOW to 765-222-5937. And that will allow our team here to just follow up with you, to begin to help you in this new journey that you just started today. I want to invite Pastor Jessica to come, and she's going to share a benediction with us. And uh, thank you again so much for being here with us today.